0: It's a special treat to be able to speak to you uh, because I'm at uh, the end of my second phase of my life and you're at the pretty much the beginning of your second phase of life. I think that basically life exists in three phases. You start off your phase one is you're dependent on others and you're learning. Phase two is that you're working and others become dependent on you and you're trying to be successful. And then you get later in stage two, and you're, the number one goal that you want more than anything else is to help people be successful without you. Then you can go to stage three, which is, you know, you're sort of free of obligations and so on. And um, what I did uh, over a period of time, whenever I would encounter a uh, situation and make decisions, I would write down the criteria for making decisions. So uh, my number one objective is to tell you that um, you need to have your own principles. I'll explain some things.
1: But... Uh, Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. I've finished for, uh, recording my fiery, uh, excitable, energised podcast snippet for you there around Grant Robertson talking to Jack Tame around inflation on the, what's that show, Q&A, I keep forgetting the name, I keep going to call it 9am but it's on at 9am, got a bit on here. Uh, but that is leading the start of this, Ray Dalio who's got a brilliant book called Principles and I suggest you check out reading that or uh, it is is a huge book, you're going to need to study it or even get in the audio version but Ray's someone I really look up to for some of my own learning and I go and seek out new content from him all the time to figure out what he's talking about. He's studied a lot of history, saves me from doing it, he summarises it brilliantly, sometimes I have to listen to it a couple of times to try and figure it out but what I really like in here is talking about how when we start in life we're often very dependent on other people and we're all trying to, I'd imagine that part of the reason you're listening to this is that we're trying to get ourselves to that stage two he's talking about, that phase two where we're not necessarily dependent on other people and we're a bit more dependent on ourselves and we've got other people that are relying on us and that naturally happens for people who end up having children for instance and their whole stage of their life changes and the way that they look at it and think about it, and you hear so many people say, "Oh, having a child changed my life, and I, you know I had to think about someone else and and protecting them and keeping them alive and stuff and uh, I haven't done that, but that's you know what people a lot of people go through um, and there's no reason why we can't do it with our finances or uh, our education or our health and all these different things too. so it's just a the similar way to think, but across different areas and avenues. Of our lives, and part of why I like trying to help other people is that um, I have become—I've moved myself from being very dependent on other people sometimes—to um, to getting to a point where I can give back, and now effectively some people rely on me for information in this space, for instance, or help in the business world with Next Advisory and different things. So it's always challenging me to keep learning and think how can I become more valuable for all of you out there for instance and clients of Next Advisory uh, and people that are close to me and it's a, it's a good way to like really keep you on your toes. So if you want to check out that video, it's, uh, it's about an hour six long, it's called Principles for Success from Ray Dalio, founder of the world's largest hedge fund. Now those principles are from his book and he sort of summarises it into an hour keynote. The audio is a little bit clunky, as you would have picked up on there um, as he was talking, but it's well worth the listen. Right, without further ado, or is it a due? I'm not sure. Without further ado, ado, anyway, who cares? What I'm trying to say is let's get into this week's lesson of Keep the Change Money Mail, which was about term deposits, because I got a grunty story during the week. I'd actually written another Keep the Change about spending and I then got the story about this term deposit, I was like, oh, that's a beauty, I've got to tell that one to so the Keep the Change audience, and then someone suggested to me, why don't you talk about Black Friday? And I thought, oh, God, it's all happening in the one week, I could have done three and one, but um, I chucked in a little bit of Black Friday stuff at the end there, but let's get into this yarn about a term deposit, ah, the old term deposit, what are they? Oh, the title of this story was, Is a Term Deposit Your Money? Hmm, intriguing, I would have thought it is, it's my cash, but hey, we'll find out. Now a term deposit is a type of deposit actually, a deposit account usually held at a bank where the money is locked up for a set period of time and returns a set interest rate. You get paid the interest for effectively lending the money the bank. So much like a savings account, we get our cash, we give it to the bank, we say hey you hold on to this for six months, I know you're going to go lend this out and make some more cash on it but you're going to pay me 1.25% interest, I'm going to have to pay tax on that as well but that's all good. You'll give the money back to me in six months time when the term ends and I'll get my interest on top of that as well and then you're probably going to ask me to reinvest it but, but anyway I'll lend it to you in the meantime. So it's a bit like a savings account that you can't touch. You pay tax on the interest you make, don't forget about that. Historically these have been very popular products in New Zealand and across the world because it's easy money and simple for people to understand. As interest rates have decreased these have become less popular because the return is so low. Hence the growth of the likes of sheersies, where people are chasing a larger return. What does the bank do with the money? Well they probably lend it back out to people to then buy homes. This week I heard from someone that they went to break their term deposit. Now breaking the term deposit happens when you ask the bank for the money back early, i.e. before the time period ends that you originally agreed to lend the money to them for. So say you said, look, I'm going to lock this deposit in for six months. And at month four, you're like, oh shit, actually, I really need this money now. Go to the bank and you say, hey, can I please break that turn deposit? And then the bank, the bank says, well, if you want to break it, we're probably going to charge you a fee for breaking the turn deposit. And usually you're going to forfeit any interest that you'd accrued or earned up until that time. And a lot of turn deposits, because a lot of turn deposits pay interest at the end upon their maturity not during, because there is the risk that you will, um, you know, you will break it. So you want to check when you're going to get paid your interest if you do take out a turn deposit. Well, this person that wanted to break their turn deposit had to justify to the bank why they wanted the money. In this instance, it was to help a family member get into business. So what happened is one of their family member's child come to them and said, hey, look, um, I need some money to help tie me over for this business purchase that I'm making are you happy to lend it to me and they said yep and then they said we'll go to the bank so the bank came back and were like oh um, yeah we can do that but you're going to lose your interest so the parents said to the child hey look we're going to lose our interest and we're going to get charged a fee child said ah no worries I will pay you whatever the interest is that you're going to lose so the parents weren't actually going to lose out on any income they said sweet went back to the bank and said yep Let's break it. And they said, OK, fill out these 86 forms. Uh, they filled them out. And they said, look, we don't accept digital signatures because we're a bank and we say we're leading technology, but really we're not. We're going to need you to sign that with pen and paper and stamp on it with your foot, send it back, and then we'll check it against our records of feet that we've got. It, Sorry. Um, and then they said, well, actually, what's happening with this cash? And they said, well, the, our son is going to be buying a part of a business. And they said, oh, business, yeah, oh, they want to do that, you know, should be buying a house. And they said, okay, well, we'll need to get proof of that. So then son says, oh, golly gosh, okay, I'll get my signed uh, agreement that I've signed with the vendor, the person selling the business, send that over. So they send that over, they fire that off to the bank, and this bank says, oh, really? They want to get into what? Oh, well, actually, no, no, guess what? no can do. The bank wasn't having any part of that. That type of business that they were buying and buying a a part of a business, that was not an approved reason to return the term deposit early. So this week I'm going to have to put the did you know into the body of the email because this may surprise some people. Well did you know, banks do not legally have to allow customers to break term deposits, that is give back the money early whether you can break your term deposit will depend on the terms of your contact or you've, of your contract not the contact uh, of your contract with the bank in most cases you can do so only if the bank agrees so really that money you've lent the bank they have every right to say to you no you cannot get that back until the end of that period if if they don't if what you're using the money for doesn't line up with what they allow so you know you you want to be mindful of that it's not going to impact a lot of people we're not going to actually be um you know too much of a problem but it's just one of those things that you do want to be educated on so back to the above situation and it is good news the bank did offer a solution they said look instead of us giving you your money back what we'll do is we'll give you an overdraft at 10 percent at 10 percent interest until the term deposit matured and could be released back to them it's a bit of a costly solution, isn't it? Here, we won't give you your cash back. You're not going to get, uh, you know, we, we, you're going to have to wait till the end. We'll give you your measly amount of interest and in the meantime, we'll give you an overdraft so that we can make some more money off of you and we'll charge you a 10% interest rate on uh, borrowing that money. So... Anyway, I did want to say that the bank offered a solution, otherwise I sound like I'm beating up on the banks, don't I? And I know there's a lot of bankers who listen to this and just relax, it's all good stuff. I know that you've probably got to comply with all these different rules and regulations, but geez, the people just want their cash. Obviously, the whole point of a term deposit is to lock up the cash so that you can't spend it, but let this be a lesson as to how liquid that term deposit may actually be should you need the money. Different circumstances create different results. So Some things will be acceptable to the bank, whereas others clearly won't. So obviously, you know, if you've got like a mega emergency, they're probably going to give you your cash back. You'll forfeit your interest. They'll probably charge you a fee too. Um, but if it's something practical like buying a business or reinvesting in it, you probably want to reinvest it into shares, for instance. So they're going to be like, no, nah, forget about it. We want to use your cash. We don't need to give you your cash back until the term is up that you initially agreed upon. Well we don't seem to like seeing money go towards business in this country unless it's secured by a house, that's something we encounter with Next Advisory all the time, like if you want to start a business um, people will say like oh can I borrow some money from the bank, geez you go and have that conversation once and you realise that if you don't have a house you have probably just absolutely wasted your time. So it's not a surprise, aware that there are terms and conditions when using term deposits, always read the terms and conditions when using these offerings and ask questions before committing to them, you don't know what you don't know. Now, I joked with this person who told me this story. I said, well, maybe we could have a bit of fun and before committing to a term deposit next, last minute before transferring the money to them, committing to it, say, hey, what are you guys going to do with this money? And then go back on and say, well, actually, I don't really agree with that. So, uh, nah, I'm not going to do this. But, you know, that's getting pretty snarky. You're just then wasting people at the bank's time. But it's an interesting thing. You know, do we ever get to ask the bank, hey, what are you doing with my money? Hey, the money that's sitting in my bank account What are you doing with it? It's just numbers on a screen in my internet banking for me, but what are you guys doing with it in the background? Uh, But anyway, we don't get to ask those kind of questions, so you just got to do what we got to do and carry on. Now before I go, and this might be a little bit too late by the time you listen to this, but I hope you open this before one of the 894 Black Friday sales emails and adverts you'll see today. Be careful. I've told you before, these sales aren't designed for you. They are designed for the sellers. We just take the bait and take advantage of them. Do you really need that fifth candle or the discounted overpriced pair of shoes? Lift it, only buy the things you really need. Now Black Friday has become a big thing here in New Zealand. Everyone's smashing those sales. Um, And just be aware, you know, there's so many people attacking our attention, trying to get us to buy shit that we don't need. And then we end up regretting those purchases down the track. So maybe just uh, see if you can ignore some of those things if you know you really don't need it maybe take advantage of them if they're actually practical for you, but don't just get fooled into their good marketing and um, you know end up spending money that you don't have to impress people that you don't care about and that don't even care either. So Black Friday, she's a she's a big one and only getting bigger. Be very careful of it. We're getting very close to 5,000 subscribers to keep the change. When we get there, I'm going to give one lucky reader a $500 investment. Share this with a friend so they can get learning. If you subscribe to the email version of this, I would strongly suggest that you open probably next Friday's email and the Friday after. I'd imagine we should hit 5,000 probably in the next two to three weeks. So to go in the draw to win that 500 bucks, you need to be a subscriber to the the email version and you need to open the email that goes out once we have 5,000 subscribers. So um, keep an eye out in the next two or three. Just make sure you open them, even if you don't read it because you can't be and listen to the audio version. Well, you want to be a chance to win 500 bucks. It's going to be up to you, what you invested in. Hopefully we could do a podcast together. could be a bit of fun. Did you know, term deposit balances have reduced by 20 billion from 101 billion in February 2020 pre-pandemic to 81 billion by the end of August this year. That's some crazy shit, man. $20 billion from February 2020 pre-COVID to August this year. That's nuts. For eighteen months or something, twenty billion bucks. So that you think about it, that, it's twenty billion dollars that's gone into the economy, or has gone into some different investment types. People are like, I don't want to put it back into a term deposit. These interest rates are too low. I'd imagine as interest rates increase, then that might change. Uh, but how long can interest rates increase for? It's going to be very interesting to see. So there you go. It's um, it's a fairly sizable drop for the book of term deposits across the country. Now I hope that has been educational for you regarding term deposits, a pretty light one there and you probably already knew and know of term deposits and how they work but I just wanted to make people aware that you know the money that you lend to the bank as a term deposit isn't always accessible as you may think and they can be great to Ensure that you don't spend money that you don't want to spend. I used to use them as a way to be able to lock up cash, so that's why I would use them as a advantage to myself, for instance, rather than the interest component of it. Um, as interest rates decrease, like I just didn't care, and used to just send my money to my sister, for instance, and say, hey, hold on to this, and if I ask for it back, make sure I've got a very good reason as to why I want it back. So there's different methods these days, but you know, if you do want to make some interest, well... Perhaps a term deposit is something for you to be looking at. Let's tune in to Ray to take us out. It's going to be December very, very soon, which is crazy. It uh, really feels like we've lost a few months, and well, I guess we have here in Auckland, but you know, a number of you uh, wouldn't have. But by the time I come to you next Friday, we will be going into the traffic light, which is very exciting. I probably won't be able to record the next Friday lesson until later in the week, because I've got a Friday function, a Saturday drinks, a oh, Saturday lunch, and then a Sunday day out on the water with drinks as well, so it's just going to turn into carnage as the country opens back up up here in the big o nine um and you know productivity could decrease, but spending's probably going to increase massively, and that's probably going to fuel some more inflation as well, but we learnt enough about inflation on the snippet listening to Grant and Jack tame speak from Q&A that they host 9am on a Sunday go back and listen to that if you didn't because uh, it's very insightful and it might just shape the way that you think about some things when it comes to money and the way you listen to I'm going to share some of my
0: well, principles. I hope they're helpful This is Ray. Things that have we'll
1: let uh, Ray take uh, Ray us really out. But look after yourselves out there, team. Keep up your learning. Numbers. Keep kicking some ass. Finish this the year strong. I'll definitely see you, you a number of times before and 2021 is behind us, because 2022 could be just right as grunty for us, but we'll find out. So, again, if you want to check out Ray's video, Principles for Success from Ray Dalio, founder of the world's largest hedge fund. over and over
0: again? The same kind of reasons, but you don't see that. You're operating um, in a way where you know you take them one at a time, and so I would recommend to you that you write those principles down. When you do that, you start you think about them in a deeper way, and then the people that are in your lives then start to understand how you're behaving, and they can be partners in that idea meritocratic decision making, so that they can also say, is that the best way to operate and deal with that situation? And so you start to think in a more principled way, rather than all of these bits and pieces of different things. So